It's great to see you here this weekend. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor, and uh, thank you so much for, for joining us today as the house lights are coming up. I want to ask you to take this commitment card, hold it up just for a second, and then just put it under your seat. Can you do that? Just, just get it out of your way, out of your mind, sight. Yeah, take it up, put it under your seat, sit on it, whatever you need to do. Don't make paper airplanes out of it or anything like that. It probably would hurt if you threw it. But uh, put that out. This weekend is our kind of our commitment weekend for Heart for the House. And, um, and here at the Germantown campus, I'm going to be walking you through that commitment card at the end of the service. And again, if you are a guest for the first time, you just joined us at the end of this. And it's going to probably be a pretty exciting service. And it's going to let you know a lot about Life Church. Uh, but uh, as, as a guest, again, just like Kevin said, we don't ask you to do anything. But for those of you that are regular attenders, at the end of, of today's message, we're going to conclude with filling those cards out, and we'll walk through those. And those of you that are at the West Campus, Ryan is going to come up and help you fill those cards out at the end of the service and the message today. And this Heart for the House series, uh, I began asking a question, what would happen if I truly surrendered everything to God? What would happen? What would life look like? What would be the adjustments? What would be the changes if I truly just surrendered everything to God? Because that's a question that I think many times you ask. We all ask from time to time. And I think sometimes maybe in the busyness of our weeks and everything that's going on, we, we just don't have time to kind of slow the RPMs down and slow things down and just process that and there's a message, there's a, a verse, there's an illustration, there's a video testimony, and all of a sudden it kind of clicks you back to that place. And you ask yourself that question, what would happen to my life? What would it look like if I just had this reckless abandon towards God? If I, if I just really, in a spiritual sense, just said, God, whatever you want, wherever you want, however you want it. Maybe you're a young adult, maybe you're a high school or junior high student, and when I ask a question like that, there's something that clicks on the inside of you. It just, it just pops, and it just says, you know, I'm created for more. I, I, I want to do something. I want to leverage my life, the, the assets of my life, of my time and of my talent. I don't have much treasure. I'm young, but the time and the life that I have, and it just connects. That's something that I hope during this Heart for the House series is we've talked about vision and surrender and, and as we've talked about how those things flesh out and how we live that out, that it's something that has, has connected with you and has maybe even opened a door spiritually in a way to say, to ask yourself those questions, to evaluate for yourself where you are and where's the trajectory of your life going. And, and really, I hope that that's really what you've done through this series through the spiritual disciplines, through the daily devotionals, through the weekend messages, through, through, through the life groups, through the conversations that you have walked through and that you've just said, God, I lay it down. I, I give it down. I, I, I give it up. I, my past failures, my successes, uh, all those things. And it's the same question that King David asked the nation of Israel. And if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 29. I'm going to get there in just a second. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. David, king, he's the king of, of the nation of Israel, and he stands before them. And he asks them the exact same question that I just asked you at the beginning of this series and that I just led with this evening. What would your life look like if you surrendered everything towards God? David says it like this in 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 5. Now who is willing to consecrate, which means to surrender, to submit, to, to give up, to, to bow down, to, 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 to give themselves, to dedicate themselves to the Lord today. Who is willing to consecrate themselves, to submit, to surrender, to lay down themselves before the Lord today? And Israel responds 
not with a spiritual discipline, not with a sacrifice, not with altar time, not with saying, God, I'll do more, or with lip service. Here's how they respond. Look at verse 6 in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Then the leaders of the families and the officers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of the thousands, the commanders of the hundreds, and the officers in charge of the king's work gave willingly. They gave toward the work of the temple, the house of God. They were building the temple for God. Verse 9, skip on down to verse 9. And the people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And David the king rejoiced greatly. Notice that when David says, who's going to consecrate themselves? Who's going to surrender themselves? Most of the time, when you hear a pastor say that or a spiritual leader say that, the response is, well, I need to pray more. I need to do more spiritual activity. I, I need to. And that's an appropriate response for most cases. But David asks this question of the nation of Israel, and they don't respond with that. They respond with their giving financially. It's what they did. I mean, I didn't write the book. All of a sudden, this in the room, there's this oxygen that's going out. They responded with their offering towards the, God, towards the Lord. They responded with, with, we want to give. We want to, 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 to contribute. We, we want to show God that you are our source, that we are surrendered in, in all of this. And they, they were giving, not just in some offering, they were giving to build the house of God. And today, my question is, is much the same. And... and and that we will respond much the same. When, when we talk about now, today, who, which person, who is willing? See, that's what I want you to catch. Just stop for just a second just, and just make sure you mentally get this. That as I give you an opportunity here in the next few minutes to make a, a three-year commitment towards heart for the house, this is between you and him. This is not between you and me, I don't have any, you don't answer to me. <laughs> I, I'm not in any authority in that area. That's between you and the Lord. Of God, here is, this is the church in which I attend. Here's the vision of what you're doing. Here's what I feel like my responsibility is. is, is it's, it's a willing response. It's a personal response. It's something between you and the Lord. To consecrate, to surrender, to submit themselves to the Lord today. And, 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 and that's something that, again, as we walk through these next few moments, I just want to remind you about Heart for the House, that it's about a facility to facilitate what God's doing. It's about life change. It's really about seats. It's about us providing seats. As we provide seats, God always provides the souls. And before we kind of jump into this, I just want to take us back a few years ago on why and how this church began. We began to provide seats for people who are far away from Jesus. We began to see people saved who were lost in their sins, just like we all were. We began to provide hope and to provide grace, to provide life to a community that we felt God was calling us. And that's exactly why John and Denise Enfield were a part of the original 35. After John and I got saved, we got involved with a uh, church near our house. In fact, it was within walking distance from our house. It was really um, close, and we had our children um, through that. We went there. We um, got mentored. We really grew in the Lord, and um, we're really invested in. And after about well, 10 years, we moved out into the Germantown area to Colgate. And then we started feeling... Um, that God was kind of putting a change 
you know, getting us prepared for a change. We weren't sure what it was. We kind of thought maybe we were moving to Florida, but we were waiting and it wasn't until one Sunday at um, our church that we were attending that an opportunity was presented to our church to plant a church in Germantown. And John and I both at the same time just looked at each other and we knew that this, this was it. This was what God had been preparing us for. Yes, it was, uh, we were in agreement that um, somehow God was uh, both speaking to us and this was an opportunity in our life to um, I don't, just, just be led by the Lord to um, do something that I think He really wanted us both to do. It was very hard for our children at the time. Um, they were all involved in different uh, programs and ministries, and uh, they were pretty happy actually just doing what they were doing. And we said, well, we're not, we're not going there anymore. We're going to go to this church in a high school with 32 people, and we're going to put, uh, put chairs up, and we're gonna take chairs down, and we're going to uh, get the stage ready, and we're going to cook uh, bakery, and we're going to do these things for every service. Uh, we went from a very comfortable church to uh, a very big challenge, and um, we're glad that they stuck it out with us, and we're glad that uh, we're here today. Um, through all that, through the tough times of the church, and there were tough times, and there was very tough growing times, growing pains, uh, our children really learned a lot uh, that God is faithful, that whatever you do for the Lord, um, your labor is not in vain. And and today, uh, um, you know, we look back and through all the struggles that our kids, you know, were involved with at that time. Uh, one daughter ended up going to China for a year for um, as a missionary. Uh, our oldest, our, our second child, Danny, got involved here, and in, uh, he was the youth band leader for a couple of years or a few years, and he's still uh, serving the Lord in that capacity. And even our youngest son, Jordan, how old was he then? He was four or five. Four or five. Uh, today he's um, leading a almost, you know, from scratch, a Bible study and uh, ministry at his college. I think one thing that, you know, we've, we've experienced many miracles in our lives, but um, seeing Life Church where it is today is to us one of the biggest miracles that um, God has performed for not only this community, but for us. I agree with that. Um, we've seen uh, marriage marriages healed um, through Bible studies. We've seen people healed from cancer. And I always talk about the miracles that I've seen in my life, but uh, from where that church started uh, 10 years ago, a little bit more, uh, with 32 people, it's just a miracle that uh, God continues to grow this church. And uh, as even I was saying to somebody last week, this is still just the beginning. From those original 30, 35 people, they sat in these blue chairs. We borrowed this from Germantown High School. We didn't steal it. We borrowed it. And uh, as you can see, it's beautiful, scratched and everything. And this is from the humble beginnings from which this church began. And, uh, you know, as I was talking to John and Denise, and uh, they were telling their story even before they, they, they were videoed, we were just talking about how their kids grew up here and how they left a very comfortable situation. But how that when you put God first and you serve His will, not your will, you're not trying to serve your children, but you're really trying to teach them how to serve the world, how God blesses them.
uh, and their oldest daughter, who was a, a missionary for a year in China, works on Capitol Hill. Uh, and uh, their son, Danny, I don't know, he's some biochemist guy and uh, getting his doctorate degree at Emory University in Atlanta. And then Jordan is a scholarship athlete at his college there in Memphis and leading. And to see young Mariana just grow up in the church, it's just amazing. And because when you put God first and when you do that, God always takes care. When you serve others, God serves you. And um, they got that. They, that's, why they, that's why they began this church was because uh, as they provided seats, God provided souls. Souls just like Randy and Pam Seifert. We were invited by John and Denise Enfield to come to this new church that they were starting, this life church. And because they had a uh, son, Jordan, was good friends with ours, we thought this is a good opportunity to, to coax the boys into going to a church and hopefully they would enjoy it. And the, the first service was, was up at the high school gymnasium. And you walk in and it's filled with these uncomfortable blue folding chairs. The metal folding the chairs. The metal folding <laughs> chairs. And went through the service and came out afterwards and realized the boys had fun. They wanted to go back and proceeded uh, going week after week. Going to Life Church, I started realizing that you can let God into your life and He'll be the light of your path and make things much easier. And slowly but surely, I, as a family, we started learning that and adding God into our lives with help of all the other people who belong to the church, who became, suddenly they became, uh, they were friends and now family. And then it came the opportunity where the church was uh, growing and asked if we would purchase chairs. And that was still kind of weird to me, thinking that we're going to spend money on something that uh, you don't see the people. So talking to Pam, she's like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So we did it, and lo and behold, it seemed like overnight you're looking around, and these chairs are becoming filled, and they're being filled with strangers, and these strangers suddenly become friends, and now some of these friends we had, uh, they feel like family. And that's when I realized it's basically, it's like the hand of God, these, these, these friends, and they've become so strong in our lives. And it's like the hand of God caressing us. And that's the blessing we felt being involved with this church and, and allowing God into our lives. And that's how he's basically blessed us. Those chairs that Randy was referring to are these chairs right here. Matter of fact, we still use them occasionally for overflow. And there were 150 of these chairs. And they actually sat right here between the two poles in this room. And it was a, just a flat floor, no stage, uh, overhead projector, uh, kind of a piecemeal together um, audio system. And uh, that's exactly what happened. God began to fill these chairs. And you know, there are two chairs or two seats in every church. There's a your welcome seat and there's a thank you seat. The, the your welcome seat is a chair or a seat that's been that you didn't pay for that that you paid for someone else that you provided not just for yourself but for someone else, and um, and then there's the thank you seat that that someone else has provided for you that prior to your coming there was a seat that was paid for by someone 
uh, those seats just don't magically appear. There's someone paid, someone gave an offering, and they provided that seat. And uh, Randy and Pam provided a you're welcome seat to Dave. I came to Life Church in 2002, and when I walked in the doors, I had kind of been through a pretty rough spot in my life. When I walked in, I saw about a hundred red folding chairs and a small auditorium with no stage, and it was kind of cool. It was really chill worship. Um, I remember sitting in the back row the first couple of weeks, and after probably my third or fourth week, Pastor Aaron came up to me and invited me to, to the front row and said, hey, there's room up here. And I really thought that was cool and I went to the front row and that's kind of where I, I stayed for a long time and just enjoyed worship and enjoyed kind of the family, this body of Christ that, that was here. Um, I guess I needed two things when I came to church. I needed the body of Christ and I needed uh, that sort of family. I needed um, time with God. That time with God was definitely spent on my own and the, the family just came around me as far as like small groups and being at church and that was pretty awesome. I guess uh, the one thing I'd really be thankful for is that when I came to Life Church, there was a chair for me here in the auditorium. And Dave said that we provided a, a chair, a, a blue chair, the one you're sitting in. Matter of fact, when we uh, knocked down the wall uh, and we were able to put the stage, it actually was uh, in this room here in the Germantown campus between the two doors right here, just to your right. And um, we bought 250 of these blue folding chairs. And then as we remodeled again and we were able to get the building next to us, we were able to increase it to a total of 400 seats. And I remember when we bought these chairs, I asked everybody, we were sitting in, the, in the, those red folding chairs, I asked everybody if they would be willing to just simply um, take a step of faith and uh, purchase a chair for themselves and purchase a chair for someone that's yet to come. And, uh, and believing that as we provide a seat, God will provide a soul. And uh, so if you were a single, buy two chairs. And the chairs were about 40 bucks a pop. And if you were, if you were uh, you know, if you're married, buy four chairs. And if you were a family of four, buy eight chairs. If you were a family of six, God help you, buy 12 chairs. And, and, and if you just wanted to buy chairs, and just buy as many chairs as you wanted to. But if we would do that, God would begin to fill those seats. And I'll never forget the day that we came into this room and we unpacked those, those new blue chairs. And uh, they came into the foyer, and we began to unpack them. We began to place them. And I remember talking to Monroe Mulder about the stage that he had built. And I said, Monroe, on that stage, uh, people are going to come to faith in Jesus Christ because you've created a place for that to happen. And as we were setting those chairs up, as we set the room up, we began to pray over those chairs. And I asked the people that were working that day, I said, I need you to pray as you set this up. Because who knows, gonna sit, who, knows who will sit in these seats and who God will use and who God will save and what will happen. What's been amazing to me, there's been a lot, of, a lot of people that have sat in these seats. But God didn't just fill them up one time. That would have been fulfilling His word. Not just twice. Not just three. But He fills them four times every single weekend. And He filled them up with people just like Brad Etzel. Uh, it was my junior summer going into my senior year of high school. Um, I had a friend that I worked at Pick and Save with, and she would invite me every single week to go to church with her, to this life church that she would talk about. And every time she talked about it, I'd tell her, there's no way you're going to get me to go to church on a Sunday. There's no way. I got things that I do, and I, I don't have any desire to go to church. I don't know God. I don't want to. 
and finally she tells me, well, you know what? This week we just blew out a wall in the main sanctuary and like half of it's under construction. We got construction lights, it looks really cool. And I finally gave in, I said, fine, I will go, I'll check it out. And from the moment that I got in there, you know, I was looking around, I'm like, well, it is really a construction site. And there's tons of blue chairs. They just got these new chairs. They're all excited about them. And, you know, we take a seat. She invites me to sit with her family and get down and sit and listen to the message. And right from the moment that uh, Pastor Aaron started speaking, I, I just felt the presence of God. I felt the Holy Spirit talking to me and telling me that he had a plan for my life. He's got a future. He's got something better for me. And I, I wasn't living it out. And I could feel the conviction on my life. And um, I came a couple more times. I really loved the service. I felt that God was right there and kind of totally blew me away. And I did a total 180. Um, after my third time coming to the church, I actually gave my heart and life to Christ. And from there, I never really looked back at my old life. And uh, it was definitely a huge turning point. Um, when I look at you know where I'm going right now with my life, I've been called now into full-time ministry for kids ministry in elementary. And going through for that, it's a challenging time. But the great thing is, all the wonderful people at Life Church, they keep pushing me forward. You know, I've got people always, you know, championing me on, telling me, hey, I'm so proud of you. I can't believe you're doing this. This is awesome. Way to go. The family that I've grown, the friends that we've had, it's all come because somebody was willing to invite me to Life Church and invested in me. And uh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for God for putting those people in my life. Because we're not limited location, as we develop these four campuses, I mean, these four services at Germantown, God spoke to our heart about going west uh, to the western suburbs and creating another campus there at the Marcus Majestic. And so uh, you gave to provide seats, just like this theater seat, uh, so that people far away from Christ in uh, Waukesha County could come and, and hear, Je hear about Jesus and their life be changed. And not even a year later... Uh, that we that we're into this uh, to this new new campus at the Marcus Majestic, we have uh, close to 200 people every single weekend that are filling those seats. And see, that's what I want you to to get. That's when I say it's not about a building; it's about seats. That's what I'm talking about. It, it's a, never about bricks and sticks and steeples and stained glass. It's about the hearts and lives of men and women. And when we provide seats, God provides souls. My husband had been um, watching um, some services online um, for a few Sundays in a row and I would kind of go into the kitchen and just kind of look every once in a while and see what was what he was looking at. And then one Sunday in July he said, Sherry, would you like to go to church with me? I was quite shocked and I said, really? I said, what church? And he said, well, the one that I've been watching online and that you saw me watching. And I said, well, where is it at? He said, at the Majestic Theater. The, the place where they show movies, I, I, it was just like beyond me that it wasn't a building with steeples and, and stained glass. And so I said, well, let me check out the website again, because <laughs> I just wasn't sure. So I checked out the website again, and I said, sure, let's go. We went to the Majestic Theater, we walked in, we were greeted by such wonderful people, and we fell in love. We knew that this is where God wanted us to be. One Sunday, I asked God to come into my heart, and he has, and I feel such joy. I had spent so much time in the last 10 years. There's been so many challenges that my husband and I have gone through, 
And I was so angry. I was so angry because I didn't think God was there. But now, going through Life Church, I understand now that He was there. He was walking with us every step of the way. And I just wish that there were more people that could understand that because it's just brought such joy to our lives. My husband and I have always had a good marriage. But I knew, I knew how much Life Church had changed us and how much God had changed things for us. When one day we were in bed and he grabbed my hand and he said, let's pray together. God has come into my life and I've never felt such joy. I felt so lost, always joking around, but I've always felt that sadness around me. And not anymore, not anymore. God can do such wonderful things. He has blessed our life in so many ways that I didn't even notice before, and He just continues to bless us. I'm truly, truly glad that that day my husband asked me to go, and that when I walked into the Majestic Theater, there was a seat for us. It's pretty amazing when you think about it. Over that amount of time, from 35 people to now, all those people that have come. I mean, hey, if it hadn't been for somebody providing a seat and John and East Enfield and those original 35, Tammy and I wouldn't be here. Our lives would have never intersected yours. And I love what Randy said. You know, people that you didn't know that were strangers became friends, and those friends became family. Because that's what happens in the local church. Because nothing works like the local church works when the local church works the way the local church is designed to work. And today, that's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to do exactly what those original 35 were asked to do. Create seats, provide seats, and let God provide the souls. I don't have a chair to show you because that's what we're here to do today. Is to... To be able to, to do that. That's what Heart for the House as a capital campaign, as a stewardship campaign is all about. And I don't know who's going to sit in those seats. And I don't know what stories they're going to tell. I don't know what testimonies. I, don't, I can't tell you of the marriages that will be restored or the prodigals that will come home or people that are just far away from God that will come into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. But what I can tell you is that if you will trust Him, and we walk together, and we provide seats, God will provide the souls. One, He's done it. That's how this church has been built. But secondly, His Word confirms it. The Bible says that promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, but from heavens above. That, that, that he who labors, labors in vain, unless God builds the house. And that Jesus said that He would build His church, and the gates of hell would prevail against, could not prevail against it. And so what I'm asking you to do this weekend is to love what Jesus loves and to build what Jesus is building. And not about buildings. They're just, these are, that's facilities. They're just simply tools. Seats are just simply a mechanism for people to be able to come in and hear a life-changing message. I don't know the stories and I don't know the miracles. But I know that if you'll stand with us today and you'll do this, that God will show up and that he will fill the seats that you're going to provide.